You're listening to the Rapid Realization Podcast, where we discuss the mind, body, and everything on healing from within, for you to get inspired to finding your own inner wisdom, to be more self-actualized and become aware of your highest potential. And I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Balkansky, a certified clinical hypnotherapist and mind coach at Rapid Realization, and I welcome you. So let's begin. What is an empath? (laughs) So an empath first is really, I mean, the word explains it, empath, empathy, having empathy. It is someone that is a bit more sensitive, emotionally sensitive, and has uh, a higher feeling sense of others and themselves. And they tend to be very uh, intuitive They can um, be very connected with their emotions. So they are typically also called sensitive. (laughs) They can be emotionally emotional. Uh, Some people can say that they're emotional, but they're just usually much more connected to their emotions. And so uh, someone that is considered an empath is emotionally connected and more sensitive. And so you may not be aware that you're even an empath, but, you know, I'll get clients in my office that that are very connected and um, pick up on other other people's you know things that are going on or feelings that they may have and I you know I I educate them about being an empath because I consider myself an empath and you know at many points in my life I thought that it was a horrible thing just because I was extremely sensitive people would say I'm sensitive Uh, but I found it to be my gift and I've trained myself to understand it and have done, you know, various meditations and and things to help me kind of hone in on, on my ability to um, be sensitive or, or be an empath or pick up on things. So I want to take this talk uh, and really focus it on some of the challenges that I've noticed, though, from an empath. And I would love for those that are joining now and who are already in here, if you can start to put in some of your challenges, I'm going to start remarking on the ones that I've noticed most in my practice and that also I had with myself. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget these, so I wrote these down. So some of the challenges that I personally have dealt with and and helped others through include obviously you're an empath so you're extremely sensitive to others and what this sensitivity ends up doing is exaggerating others emotions and that can cause a lot of problems (laughs) so we become very sensitive to others and almost exaggerate that exaggeration of someone else's emotions creates a lot of issues. It can create fear. It can create our thinking mind to go crazy and overthink things. Uh, so that is one of the biggest challenges uh, that I've seen. And go ahead and comment if, if you've noticed this as well. Another challenge, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about these challenges. I just wanted to open up, you know, with introducing some of the ones that I've noticed, and then I'll read what you guys have, have, um, have had. The second one is confusion of um, really what others are feeling versus what we are feeling. Because we may not be fully aware of our own personal emotions 
and maybe projecting that onto someone else, even when we're perceiving what they are experiencing. So there's like this confusion of, is that what I'm feeling or is that what they're feeling? And so there's a confusion of like almost mixing emotions of my emotions with their emotions. And that even exaggerates the what you're interpreting even more because there's like this confusion of interpreting their emotions and then mixing our own personal emotions into it because of our filters that we have created of our perception. And let me kind of clarify that for those that have not been to my, my talks is that the perception of that you, which you are experiencing in reality is based on your experiences, you know, and, and your experiences created filters, basically like looking at life through a lens and you have all these different filters and you see the world very differently than someone else would see. So everybody is interpreting me right now. If you're looking at me on this, um, on this live, then you're interpreting me differently than others may be interpreting me because you have different experiences than the other person. And so you have created these lenses of perception. And those are tied with our emotions because emotions create the memory. We can easily think of maybe a happy time. And if we are feeling happy, we interpret happy things around us. We feel good about it. But if we are seeing the negative and we're having a bad day, then everything around us kind of turns into a negative day because our emotions are big in interpreting what we see. So just to clarify again, so one of the, one of the second challenges that I, I've noticed is a confusion with our emotions and if they are ours and with others' emotions. The third one is there is this unintentional taking in of energy. There's an unintentional taking in of energy because of the empathy, because we are sitting in their place. Because we can be empathetic, we are taking in their energy and basically seeing or attempting to be in their seat of emotions. And that kind of takes in that we're, we are taking in their emotions. So there's an energetic pulling in of someone else's emotions as an empath. As an empath, people do tend to go to that person for advice. Because <laughs> again, an empath is someone that is more emotionally involved usually. They are a bit more connected. They, they have not... Press. They there is suppression in the emotions, but it's just they are more aware of emotions. Um, and I'm I'm trying to explain this because you know um, I've worked with people that are not aware of emotions at all. But when I do get someone that is considered an empath, they are very much connected with those emotions, and and uh, there's a, a different a different um, awareness in in the emotions. I hope that makes sense. So because they are so aware of those emotions, they do take in other people's emotions. So those are the three main issues that I've noticed. Um, sensitivity to others, and which turns into an exaggeration of other people's emotions, which can cause some problems for us because we overthink things. And then where, you know, it can, we may need something to help us relieve from that, from that overthinking, because we're really analytically over evaluating these these behaviors or emotions that you're feeling from someone else because there's an exaggeration of it. 
then there's a confusion of our emotions with other people's emotions. There's like a mixing and we're not really fully aware of some of our limiting beliefs or things that are getting in the way or our filters that are interpret or that that are causing us to project onto others. And then there's a taking in of our emotions. And so those are the ones that are that I um, that I hugely recognize in a lot of empaths and a lot of uh, people that are empathetic and, and highly sensitive. So let me read here some of the um, comments. A challenge is when someone I love is is hurting, I hurt too. Exactly. So what you're talking about, the challenge is you're taking in those emotions. When someone else is hurting, you're taking in their hurt. You're literally pulling in that energy and putting it onto you. Um, as an empath, empaths do that big time. You know, I, I for one <laughs> know exactly what you mean because when someone else is hurting, you're hurting. You're taking on that hurt. Uh, so we'll talk of ways of how you can 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 work on that. And here's another comment for a challenge. I have issues building boundaries in terms of uh, taking on others' feelings. Um, exactly. Yeah. So again, you're taking in someone else's emotions, taking in that. So it's the same thing. Exactly. And another comment. I definitely take in my children's emotions when they are hurting. Oh, yes. Um, that is like, and, you know, energetically, they are part of you. So that's um, something that's energetically just very much tied to you on a, on even a, a deeper realm, um, which is, is, is something <laughs> more of a challenge. There's a lot of variables that determine on the techniques that we'll talk about on how you can work forward with some of these. Like, for example, the type of relationship, because those children are very dependent on you for their emotional growth, and it would depend on their age. Um, how can we stop the overthinking? Yeah, I won't be able to go into too much of that for this talk, but you can look at the overthinking or techniques on overthinking podcast to learn more about this. I'll try to throw in some regards in this talk, though. I have trouble knowing what feelings are are mine and which ones I have picked up from other exactly yeah so that's another one someone else around me yeah alrighty thank you for sharing that so let me go over some techniques so the sensitivity with others starting with that one we first need to become and this kind of goes with uh, goes goes along with the picking up on other people's emotions and picking up on our emotions we have to become very, very present with an objective eye. I like to call it becoming the observer. So we have to become very present with the objective eye of if those emotions are ours. And this takes time and skill in order to evolve, to recognize that, that okay, this is coming from with me, within me, and this is coming from with others. Uh, from someone else. Sitting in your own emotions when you're alone is the best way of doing this. Of sitting with your emotions when you're alone is the best way to do this so that you can just become aware of what is coming from you, but just observe it. We want to almost objectively start to study it so that we can understand everything about it how it comes through, where you're feeling it. As an empath, the emotions are strong, but sometimes we don't really listen of how strong, how that's coming in. I mean, coming from us, not coming in, coming from us. Uh, so when you sit alone and you just literally 
really sit with yourself and listen to the feeling. And I call this connecting with the feeling body. You listen and you say, how do I feel? And when you ask that question, then look for where do I feel this? And start to really examine the emotion objectively and checking in where you feel it. So for example, I feel my emotions very heavily in my chest. When I get angry or upset or frustrated or irritable, you know, I, the quality of the feeling comes through for me in, in very different ways. So starting to examine how it comes in for you, how it comes within you. And, and, and becoming aware of that feeling. So then when you are in the environment, you can recognize that feeling. Because you're becoming almost like a student of your emotions. But objectively needing to sit in it and just examine it and starting to understand it. Because we cannot understand others fully if we do not first understand ourselves. So we have to be very clear of how it comes through. But the quality of how it's coming through. Feeling it in your chest, feeling it in your shoulders, feeling it in your throat, feeling it in your mouth, feeling it in your arms, your hands, your body, your head, wherever you feel it. And so once you become aware of how you're experiencing emotions, then you can become aware of how others, you can almost feel it. It starts, it starts, it takes a different quality. Once we are aware of our personal quality of emotions, then we can be aware that this is not mine. This is not mine. So then what we want to do is we want to basically imagine as if we are creating a bubble or a block. Um, That was the skill that I took on when I first started becoming aware of my emotions. Um, I created almost this space around me and I would do that in meditation. So I started learning how to create that space around me. Uh, So let me go back here because I see some questions coming through and I want to make sure I catch up on them. My son is an alcoholic and I hurt because he is hurting. Yeah. So in that situation, we're taking in. Yes, of course, you're going to hurt. Um, and I can relate to re- relate to that. This is probably going to be a different um, topic. But um, when it comes to having family that are hurting themselves and really wanting them to change, uh, unfortunately, when it comes to substances, we cannot force other people to change though, right? Uh, we have to allow them to want the change, as, no matter how much we want the change. And I personally can identify with you because um, my mother was an, was an addict. And it really took me finally just saying, you know, I can't do this for you. Because um, I enabled her for a long time and I really wanted her to do it. I was taking on the responsibility of her wanting to do it so much so that I would do things for her, like look for programs, drive her to places, you know, do everything I could in order to get her to go. You know, I even thought of ways of really just almost manipulating her just to get her to go. But she would go and do programs and then fail at it just because, just because for me, but she was never ready for herself. Um, so there had to be a point where she was finally ready for herself and that, and that had to happen when I finally basically no longer took on her responsibility. I finally gave her the ultimatum in a sense of like, just when you're ready to change, it's on you. I'm here for you emotionally, but I'm not going to enable you. And that's, um, it's a challenge. So I, I can empathize with what you're experiencing very much. Any advice on how to understand and make sense of one's own 
emotions. I have a tough time with feeling my feelings. I do a lot of things to distract like eating. Yeah. So the um, sitting with becoming the observer of your emotions is going to be how you're going to understand it. And there will have to be a moment that feeling like this is far worse than the fear of change. So then you can sit with your emotions uh, to begin to make sense of it. And I did a um, talk on the feeling body, which is a podcast episode preceding this one called um, the feeling body. And that is how what I just said on how you start to become aware of these emotions and the quality emotions and just creating space for them. Because what what has happened then is a disassociation from the body, from the feelings, from the emotions, because the feelings are so overwhelming that we're unsure how to work with them. So we have to allow space for them to come forward so then we can begin to objectively, we want to in the beginning, because we don't, when we step into emotions, we are so consumed by those emotions. So there becomes a quality of understanding when you become just an observer, and sitting in the place of being a witness, a witness of your own self, a witness of your own emotions. And there is a new way of looking at things in a curiosity or listening. And that allows us to learn from what it is and listen to what it needs. Because every emotion is the body communicating with you, telling it needs, telling you it needs something. I don't know what it needs, only you will know what it needs. So in the line of work that I do, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not telling people what they need. Uh-uh. I'm basically listening, int- intuitively listening to what they're telling me and, and feeling that too. Because I, you know, I've trained myself to be able to pick up on the senses with, without taking in, but just creating a safe space. Uh, creating a space. That was actually always a question that people would ask me is, how do you do what you do? It must be exhausting. It's not at all, actually. It's quite energetic, energizing for me because I've trained myself to be able to um, not take in, but just hold space. And that holding space evolved from me first creating my bubble, first creating my, my, my safe space for me so that I can evolve and understand my emotions first before I start to take on everybody else's. You know, and then it turned into not taking on everybody else's is just creating, having this space of being present with them and aware of them and knowing how far the emotions go it's it's just this and that takes becoming the observer becoming the witness and so I even have a meditation it's a 15 minute meditation if you want to check on my insight timer profile but there'll be a link in the show notes below you can listen to that and and there's other teachers I'm sure uh, talk about taking the observer stance or the witness stance in order to become aware and understanding those emotions Someone is commenting in the chat that as a recovering addict, my best advice is to remember they have to be ready and is not on you. Thank you um, for that statement. Um, Should I choose meditation or life coaching or a doctor, a counselor, or hypnotherapist? (laughs) Um, It really depends on what feels right for you. I would say that everybody aligns with a different modality everybody does not align with how I work and that's completely fine I would say the most important thing is you just find a facilitator whoever that is doctor life coach counselor or hypnotherapist that aligns with you and first just research the different fields and see if the modality and how you you address um, what you're going through it feels feels right for you and if it resonates with you if you just if it just feels right and then seek out the person and then 
the facilitator is going to be the biggest part. If you don't connect with the facilitator or have um, or feel that report, that's that 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 ability to open up to them, then you know I would continue to look. That is the most important part in finding someone that aligns with you. Someone's asking if I'm a hypnotherapist. Yes, I'm a hypnotherapist. Um, that's my primary practice. I'm also a medical doctor, um, but my my practice is hypnotherapy. But I, I consider myself a transformational mind coach just because I work with a lot of different people and the techniques that I use it's really based on the person and I follow them um, you know I, I, I like to work with certain people that are just really open to going deep and so you know hypnotherapy is more known for um, like cigarette smoking weight loss and things like that but I, I like to go deep so I go to work on a lot of traumas past memories events experiences and um, you know, uh, limiting beliefs, uh, that we're not worthy, not good enough, not capable. I, I, um, you know, I, I was a foster care kid, as some of you could already hear, you know, my mom was in, well, was an addict, she's now in recovery, and she's doing good. But, um, you know, so I'd gone through my own personal life experiences. So I like, and I've done the deep work. So I like working with people that already go to the deep work, deep stuff. I, again, I, I do believe that the facilitator is just like the hugely important important part of finding the right person to work with someone that just hasn't done their own self-development you want to make sure whoever you work with um, is very open themselves uh, that they know who they are (laughs) because you know I've worked with um, therapists doctors and people in the past and you know some of them are working through their own stuff and you want to make sure that they have cleared themselves as much as possible so that they're not projecting their own stuff on you as well if that makes sense. So that's why, again, I'm going to go back to the facilitator is the most important part for me and that you find someone that just aligns with you. Um, now, just to go back around with the emotions, I want to briefly recap. Now, the technique of creating a bubble, that you're just creating this safe space for you. But the first part is you have to become very aware of your emotions, understanding it. The same thing for depression, anxiety, or any of these, those things. The, the process would be the same. It, it is for all of my clients to become aware of the emotions of those feelings because that is the subconscious mind communicating with you and telling you what it is, what, is, what it's there. It represents something. It really does for me. The feeling of heaviness that I had on my chest. For me, a lot of my limiting beliefs surrounded being not worthy, not good enough, alone. Those were a lot of my beliefs because I was abandoned as a child. You know, I, my childhood experiences are uh, created these beliefs within myself that then um, are those that I carried on throughout my life because I didn't learn how to process them. Nobody showed me. So until someone showed me how to connect with those emotions and listen to it, I then found out what did it need. You know, it just needed a hug, <laughs> just needed understanding <clears throat> and needed to process some things with mom because mom was one of the person, people that, um, but on an energetic level, not on a physiological level. I needed to process things with my inner parent because we all have an inner parent. We all have an inner child. And um, if you never heard of these terms, then those are aspects of ourselves that that are very real within us that we create because we take in energy from our parents and therefore then create an inner parent within us that's why parents when they grow old when when I work with parents parents let me let me x that out when I work with grandparents (laughs) that have already raised their kids they even look back and they're like wow I did not realize that I the one person I did not want to be was for example like my father 
and I was my father with my children. And it's such an unconscious thing because we do unconsciously take in those things from our, our parents and create an inner parent part. And so that is some part of you that you would want to become aware of and just recognize those are the things we're taking in, just like, the, um, just like an empath would. From other people around us, we would take in those emotions from those that we feel. But we need to be aware of our emotions that are already within us because if you have a friend that comes to you, they typically are reminding us of someone from our past it is typically reminding us because the relationships we are having are, are, are being manifested or recreated because um, energetically we are drawn to these events or dialogues, these, these types of engagements because it's all that we know. It's all that we know because that's all someone showed us in our past. And so becoming aware of what is already within you and healing that, allowing that to clear by first looking at it and creating space creating a bubble first to allow yourself and you're going to have to allow others to take their literally take their shit (laughs) excuse my language but they have to take in their stuff their stuff it's their stuff it's not your stuff and so creating that space to allow yourself to hold that in so that they can then learn how to deal with their stuff you don't need to take in everybody else's stuff when you still don't know your stuff yet so first learning to learning to understand your stuff is important Thanks for listening, and I hope you gained some newfound insights or realizations. If you would like future alerts on new episodes, be sure to subscribe. You could also leave us feedback by commenting or simply show us support for this channel by rating us. That is how content gets seen on these platforms, by your feedback. So if you choose to do so or have done so already, we are very grateful and thank you. Until next time, have a great day.